0: pal shrugged angrily they both arose instinctively their hands met in the four-way clasp of final farewell i lost a great partner in you reach said you lost a great man in yourself then enemies enemies it was the beginning of demolition anomalous readings. I'm Nora Blake. I'm joined by Jackson. Hello. Uh are you feeling particularly like structured today or are you feeling demolished?
1: <laughs> I'm so demolished. I need someone to <laughs> subject me to the abject torture of demolition. <laughs> <laughs> by which I mean but, erase my entire psyche
0: <laughs> but then be rebuilt.
1: That's fine. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> um uh, yeah back
0: did, did you read any books lately i read the I demolished man
1: by alfred bester no i, I
0: oh i, I also yeah. read that uh no i
1: it is as a monthly show uh i'm not really going to be coming much with like i've also read this because i'm doing other podcasts every week uh i did this yeah. podcast to read more books uh so yes yeah
0: uh i bought some books but i haven't read them yet
1: <laughs> what did you buy
0: uh i bought you know what give me one second i'll go grab them they're right over there on the couch
1: okay i can't see the couch so i've got to just look at this blank computer until you tell me what books you've bought nora please return to the microphone so that i'm not podcasting into the void i feel like i'm being demolished and chased by the man with no face right now where are you
0: (laughs) hello hello We have a Perfect. bunch of books at Where I Work, which is a grocery store, um, and they were all on sale. So I picked up three books. Uh, one is Agency by William Gibson. Okay. That I don't know anything about. But I've never read a William Gibson book, so, you know, someday. We'll probably
1: do... um. uh Naromancer. Naromancer, one day. It would be my guess. Um, yeah.
0: Um, I have Warrior of the Altai by robert jordan
1: okay yeah sure that sounds like robert jordan
0: uh it's on the back it says i am wolfgar lord of two horsetails warrior of the altai people
1: this i'm not gonna lie this sounds like it's getting racist
0: <laughs> sounds a little bit like it's
1: getting a bit racist over here
0: robert we'll see what happens uh we will <laughs> uh the last one is Legion, The Many Lives of Stephen Leeds by Brandon Sanderson.
1: Of course it is. You brought the Sanderson book. You brought Brando. You bought Brando into yeah. your home.
0: <laughs> this is a collection of three novellas about a guy who, um, I guess, just... He learns anything instantly, and the way he does it is by creating a person inside him who knows how to do that thing. Um, so we'll see how that goes
1: (laughs) okay uh, so it's like a matrix situation but weirder it's
0: like a matrix situation with like well the opening of the preface is psychology as superpower is a recurring theme in my works which yeah I know it is Brandon
1: (laughs) (laughs) ooh that's um that I okay is that true about Brandon's works because that sounds like a bad idea Brandon (laughs)
0: He certainly has his fixations. Okay. His, uh, his, his signature flares.
1: He does at that. Um, so, Brandon probably not going to be appearing on this podcast.
0: Not true. But we'll get there.
1: Well, we can't do Brandon He's- because you've, you've, we're <laughs> too, like, you're going to want to talk about, like, Cosmic shit that I don't know about and, like, don't want to in case I read Oathbringer and whatever one day? Um... Well so,
0: he's he's written up sci-fi stuff that isn't uh I just think you're
1: in so deep that I'll just be nodding and going yeah, okay. <laughs> like I don't I feel out of my depth talking about Brandon.
0: Um uh, but I will remind everyone that purchasing books and reading books are two different hobbies, so I so might true. never read these books.
1: <laughs> that is so true.
0: <laughs> um a book I did read is uh The Demolished Man.
1: Yeah, right. we read The Demolished by Man Bester. by Alfred Bester this month uh for our sci-fi book club that this podcast is. Uh by the way, everyone seemed to um everyone who listened at least it wasn't like the biggest blow up podcast in the world, but uh, we got good feedback on the last episode. I'm glad people seem to enjoy
0: uh our
1: reading of Horus Rising.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, I think this book is better than Horace Rising. Well, oh,
1: yes, bit. I, I do think it's a little better than the Warhammer Time book. This seminal, <laughs> classic science fiction work. Um, but yeah, so... so uh, the Demolished Man was written in 1953 by Alfred Bester, originally published in Galaxy Science Fiction in three parts uh, as a novel in 1953. Um, Nora, what happens in The Demolished Man?
0: Well... I can I will summarize the first eighty five percent and then I might pass it off to you for the ending. Okay. I
1: don't worry. <laughs> just a little
0: bit. I I got you covered. Um, so we follow Ben Reach, who right. is Ben Reich, the head. Ben Reich. Uh Gerard uh Doyle says Ben Reach in the audiobook.
1: And it's
0: I, Reich. It's I the know. German what
1: you've been to Germany. It's Reich. It's <laughs> spelled Reich. It yes, just spelled like Reich. But
0: like the guy at College Humor has the same last name, and it's Reich, so oh, if okay. fucking anything goes.
1: Well, I didn't I don't know another person called... I was reading that as very intentional the entire time. I don't actually know. I don't know if that was a different name. Spell. No idea. Anyway, I assumed, given his motivations, that it was uh, It was Reich. <laughs> that also
0: makes sense. I've just heard it like three different ways, so I just went with what the audiobook said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It is spelled like the German r- word Reich. Uh, he is the head of Monarch, which is a corporation that I don't remember exactly what it does, but it's very big. He is trying to do a merger with this other corporation and he sends a message to the guy, but the guy turns him down and he says, okay, well, if you won't let it be merger, I'll let it be murder. (laughs) I love Uh, books. I love books I so love, much. Love them. Love, love words. I, I was reading um, the first
1: chapter and he said, if it won't be merger, let it be murder. I was like, yeah, let's go, stupid.
0: Uh, there's So he plans to kill this guy and then take over his company. Yes. One complication.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, like, you yeah, have not introduced <laughs> the core conceit of the book yet.
0: Uh, telepaths are integrated into all levels of society. Yes. And especially in the police. Now, telepathic evidence can't be used in court, which is a robot. The court is like a a computer that they feed the evidence into. Yes. So even though the other protagonist whose name is... Uh, Lincoln Powell, right? Lincoln Powell. Uh, I I remember Dishonest Abe, because he lies sometimes. Actually, they do um,
1: love Dishonest Abe.
0: He knows, at the scene of the crime, that Ben is the killer. But, because that doesn't count, he has to actually prove it objectively as well. And so they go on a sort of cat-and-mouse chase for a while as, um, you know, they try to stay one step ahead of the other, until eventually... Uh, some weird shit <laughs> happens at the end where it turns out that Ben is a special guy who can warp reality. And so they have to put all the energy into a spirit bomb, all the espers, so that Lincoln can, uh, break him psychically. And then take him in, even though he got off, like, he didn't get the uh, conviction. He uh, has to demolish, if you will, uh, Ben uh, to save reality.
1: Uh, Yes, no, um, Ben is sentenced to demolition, which is the... Revealed to be the, uh, like, alternative to the death penalty, the humane alternative to the death penalty, where you're just causing complete ego death, like the body and motor skills remain so that uh, the person can contribute to society again. Uh, It's presented as deeply horrifying. It's like, clearly, this is just death, but with some fucking jerking off about how moral it is over the top. You just killed this guy.
0: Uh well you know if if a guy's got the the nuts to buck against society you want to keep him around not kill him Yeah it's like
1: tied into some uh kind of funny like examples of like the, the great men who do big crimes we need to keep them around to turn to our side we can't lose their potential cuz they they they're shaking up the world um is is yeah. like the, the justification also um
0: Yo, you know, three or four hundred years ago, they used to kill guys like this as he's just watching him like mentally evaporate on the lawn in front of him. Yes. When I. Before it was revealed that that wasn't like him dying, I was just totally. Like total whiplash, like, what is the tone of this scene? Everyone's just chilling. Watching this guy like in the throes of agony, and they're just chilling and be like, "Oh yeah, that's fine. I mean, oh, like, it's a shame you fell out the balcony. I hope he doesn't get hurt.
1: I mean, like this entire um a book is about this weird dystopian future uh where everyone is chill about it Th-
0: that's the thing um a lot of people on Goodreads call it a utopia what
1: <laughs> how? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> It's about a world where, like, corporate control is so strong that this, like, merger between the two corporations is really about two rival cartels that control almost everything. And Mm -hmm. this merger would put Ben Reich in the position of basically owning the world, like, from his desk, uh, is how it's portrayed. And... It's clear dystopia. It's like just because people don't die it's not it's not a utopian <laughs> society. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um it's really funny when it's like they say that telepaths mean that like most premeditated crimes don't happen cuz you can you can spot it coming. But like all the corporate espionage and stuff that's totally legal, so it's all fine. Nobody, nobody's going to interfere with that. They have the Esper code of ethics. The peepers.
1: Yeah. So let's let's get into like the stuff with the the crunchy stuff because like we gave yeah. a very very broad level summary. Which I, if you haven't read the book, you kind of won't understand what's going on. Because um, despite being only two hundred fifty pages, uh, it's very dense. There's a lot a lot of things happening. Uh, a lot of elements there. We didn't even mention the girl that's his daughter girlfriend. Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: a lot of a lot of uh, a lot Oh of, right yeah, a yeah. Of ridic- i thought you meant ben again. and i was like no that's his sister
1: that's Ben's but- yes his sister uh whole whole stuff going on because it's also like a weird noir book with femme fatale um oh yeah and then it's also like a corporate espionage thriller about this merger uh it's also about the murder it's also about uh you know the, the, this this future and it's also about ben being on the run with the met from his nightmares of the man with no face um and all of that is happening in 250 pages like that was my first reaction to reading this as um like i've read a childhood childhood childhood's end uh but i'm not super familiar with um 50s and 60s pulpy sci-fi uh and it's just so good in its like terseness uh i said about um the warhammer book last time that it had too much dialogue and i think this has like more dialogue by um like percentage volume but it doesn't have the like long scenes everyone standing around explaining things to each other uh it's just the description's <laughs> yeah. very pared back uh it doesn't like give you long monologues about the world build there's no world building going on in that way it will there's, just say there's
0: yeah. little there's tiny like two sentences like oh these um really catchy songs we call them pepsis because <laughs> yes. i think a couple centuries ago a guy named pepsi made one and it's just become like a, a little cottage industry that's all you get there's no like deep lore on that it's just Pepsi's,
1: and it does mean that like 80% of the book uh, is people saying peepers over and over really seriously <laughs> here come the peepers oh fucking oh, peepers
0: peep me on that
1: you know I'm telling the truth you can peep me you can peep me right now man I'll let you go deep what <laughs> <laughs> They keep saying that. They're like, oh, I won't stop you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, Alfred Bester, you want to know how funny this was going to be.
0: It was just. Um, I did think that it, despite being so full, um, there was one part which is near the end. And realizing that this was serialized, I think I see one of those seams here. Of like there are some chapters that are kind of like montages of like describing in a few sentences what could be like whole chapters in a longer book of mm-hmm. like this operation that's performed for this to like accomplish this thing. And at some point, we've been with Lincoln so much that Ben has gone off to some other place in the in the solar system. To this like nature preserve, and we haven't been with Ben's POV in what feels like ages, and it was a really weird little, uh, like missed step when I like when you're like climbing the stairs and you like miss one. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wait, like something has like fundamentally shifted in this story when I wasn't looking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean but, there are uh, there are a lot of big shifts because the the first I would say the first like third is mostly. So, I mean, okay, the first quarter is about the murder itself, Uh, Ben planning it, a little bit of introduction to Lincoln Powell and uh, the execution of the murderer uh, and how it goes down. Um, The next bit... Is the cat and mouse chase between the detective and the uh, and the murderer? Uh, he knows like very early on that he's guilty, but can't do anything about it. They have the cool guy scenes where they look at each other. And think, Can you prove it, man? And and he's like, oh, I, li- I actually I like him. I like the murderer, and that's why it's like tough for me because I respect him. And he, I'm like, okay, I know we're doing this bit. Uh, and it's great. It's it's it, classic bit. Um, and their main their main aim is uh the uh the guy he kills de Courtney uh who is you know the leader of the other other cartel uh her daughter uh, his daughter witnesses the murder uh and runs away and they 've both got to find her. The police are like five promotions to anyone who finds finds him uh anyone who finds him any civilian finds him gets like this, these benefits and then he's like sent out a call to the criminal underworld for, you know a hundred million marks or whatever you know m uh that is just uh Intense, like they're both calling it, going all out to find this girl, and it cuts back and between the perspective multiple times. And I, I think that stuff is all great. I was like having a fantastic time. Uh, then eventually Lincoln's able to find uh, find the girl, uh, and that's when um, like Riker right <laughs> thinks he's cooked and kind of goes away to the other bits of the solar system to the nature preserve. And uh, we stay with Lincoln for a while as he's like trying to. Now that he has all the pieces, he has to turn it into tangible proof
0: yeah because he can he has all three of motive uh method and opportunity but all three of them rely on the other two and so he's like i gotta i gotta get something here
1: and ultimately the big the turn in the book and the twist which you kind of get a glimpse into uh in the scene of the murder itself is that de courtney did agree to the merger uh and so there's no motive why would he like and this is like in the scene where it happened not spell it out but like the courtney is like hi why are you like killing like he's he's not acting in the way that reich expects and reich is like disoriented by this and just goes through with the murder out of in, like, inertia basically um and the twist like yeah. spelling it out is revealed later that uh uh de courtney is his dad uh and he like read the reply wrong because it had to like live to his constructed reality to give a justification for this murder that's based on like psychoanalysis reasons (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) of his like you know Freudian hatred of his father um and I think that's just a little part the cool part is the part where uh (laughs) Lincoln realizes that like he's not just a murderer he has like an energy to him that could destabilize society. He's like a fulcrum on which society turns. And if left to, like, grow, like, because he's so powerful, uh, could actually, like, turn, bring everyone down to evil. He's he's like um, uh, the Stephen King guy. Like He's like if Randall Flagg didn't know he was Randall Flagg, if, like, a guy woke up and just had <laughs> yeah. Randall Flagg powers to, like, seduce society to, net you know, the ways of violence. Um, mm mm-hmm. And the scene where he, re- like, realizes that and is like, it's you, I know what you're running from, and I hope he catches you, the man with no face! And I'm like, this is so sick, I love it! Uh, <laughs> which leads up to the ending where, um, like, Powell, like, accepts uh, his burden of being, like, a super cool Esper um because he's been involved with tension with like the guild, uh, to become the conduit for all the powers of the Esther, like for the, the mass cas- cas- uh, what is it called? Catastus cath Cathex Cathexus, cathectus measure. Uh
0: Mas- cas- I I couldn't understand like it, it didn't parse for me in the audiobook exactly what word that was, but yes. Uh
1: which is essentially he beca- like uses all his Esper powers to um seal Reich in a bubble reality in which he removes everyone else eventually like until he is face to face with um the man with no face who is only in his nightmares uh and it's just basically his uh vision of himself and his father together fused as like a manifestation of all his guilt about his birth and the murder and all these things mixed together um and the weird thing about this is like that is all revealed later you get it from um Reich's point of view first uh you get the chapter where it's like all of reality crumbles away and the man with their face is like the point of being a person is to form connections with people and to like build things and you have tried to control it all uh and thus you have like lost the game of life you have like Lost existence. And this is what this is what it means to be in charge of everything is to be the only person in the world. Uh, and you're nothing left to face but me. Uh, and that's like the portrait of his demolition. I think it's a fucking incredible ending. It's just every anime. It's like it's doing so many things that would like follow in science fiction. I think it is a slightly weaker in the actual final chapter where Powell comes out like the end of Psycho and explains, actually, it was all very logical what happened uh, and very technical and you could follow it really easily and I just it was just a little just a little hallucination for him and now it's fine. All sorted now. Don't have to worry about it anymore.
0: Uh, like, they have a parlor scene where he's sitting there in the office of the police chief explaining, and then I did this and then I did this and he's like, wait, wait hold on a second. What about this? Oh, p- well, you see, I, I did it. A- this beforehand to do this
1: yes uh he does like all the abstract stuff from the prior chapters and the way it wrapped up is all explained very logically so no one has to go home confused about what happened uh right at the end Uh, which i think is like a slight weakness of the book i much prefer the chapter before as an ending um but it's Mm -hmm. fine uh, and obviously, the thing I've left out is the uh, the stuff with the girl, which I think is genuinely the weirdest stuff in the book, because that's where it gets like
0: it's so weird, it's super really weird. Freudian, yeah. So the explanation is that the watching her father's death and running away with the murder weapon, all of that was a like shattering trauma that caused part of her. Psyche to retreat into itself. And so... What they do is they... Use their psychic powers... And presumably some medicine also. There's like a doctor there. Um, They basically convince the... Girl that she did retreat into nothingness... And have and like coax her into developing a new like psyche from childhood, from like infancy to childhood to adolescence to adulthood. Like just mentally over the course of like two months, three months, something like that. Yes. And that's already Buck Wild. Yep. But also, Lincoln Powell falls in love with her when he saves her and she falls in love with him just from like being like seeing him as like a father figure and then that just progressing over the three months as she like grows up and then at the end the two of them are like okay well that was that was weird but hey you want to you want to (laughs) bang
1: Well, it's actually even, there's another layer to that, which is that she uh, isn't an Esper, right? The Espers are a, uh, integrated in right, society yes. and an important part of society, but they are a minority group. Um, and not only are they a minority group, but like they are a minority group that requires cultivation. Uh, and so they like have to find latent Espers and like teach them to use their stuff, use their powers properly. Uh, and they also are like, Deliber they, they are not allowed to marry outside of being an esper because they like the project of the Esper guild is to eventually make everyone espers um and they're not doing it like through d- d- oppression right they're like over time this is how humanity will evolve, so we have to like deal with this transition while it's happening uh because mm-hmm. right now we have some people who are normal. And they'll like will lie to you, and you know, understand that when they say "God, you're such a fucking bitch," that they you can't hear them <laughs> in, yes. in their in their head. Um, and when everyone is like that, like a new form of contentment will be reached. But while there's the inequality of pe- like the way people communicate, that's what's causing the conflict. And if you've watched any anime ever, but they're all about this, like half of them, is like but, evangelical- um, yeah, yeah.
0: The the way that humanity has evolved, I can. Uh, non-verbally say, "Oh, you're such a bitch." It's called the internet now.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean that's Ghost Michelle's version but, of this. <laughs>
0: um, and that would be a that was that's a tension point. And he's like, "I should, um, you know, it's it's stressful, but I'm in love with this woman, even though she's not an esper. Also, my partner is super in love with me." And I just don't care. Um, but she is an esper. Oh, and then how convenient! It turns out that. Huh?
1: How convenient that my, like, weird daughter girlfriend is an esper and I'm not legally banned from marrying her. Oh, so, so he's yeah, so good.
0: She turns out to be a latent esper.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, th- this stuff
0: and is. And everything all like, works
1: out. Wh- what? 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 Why was, why was this in the. I know why it's in the book. It ties into all the Freudian shit uh, with. um with Ben and his dad and, and his, like, complex about his birth and everything. Uh, but I hate it. I don't like this stuff. It's too weird. I don't like it. Why is, like, a you know, a quarter of this book about the main character raising a woman from birth as an adult, like, in her mind, as, like, a way to fall in love with her? Like, it's creepy. It's just creepy. I just, no thank you.
0: It, does, it doesn't land.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's it's- the one thing that I'm like, nope. Uh, I can't even like ooh. and that's the thing is because it's so deeply like Freudian, it's not like oh it was a different time and and they were like sexist to women, and uh there is a bit of that like this is extremely yeah. operating in the yeah. like noir novel mode um it's treatment of women I would say is not great in general, but that that's standard the My point is separate to like the ways in which old media talks about gender is the like extra layer of Freudian bullshit which just take it to a new zone of nonsense. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, I was not sure where things were going at certain points. And uh, they went right where he, you know. Yeah. It just escalated to uh, to the ending. And uh, there's a little moment at the end where he's like, oh, I'm back. I'm on my feet again. I'm going um, recovered from the mask vexus maneuver or whatever. And he yes. has this this uh, this gift and it's. I was like, "Oh no! Is he going to give it to the girl, and they're going to be a couple?" And like, "Yeah, they were a couple," but then it turns out it's a gift for Ben whenever he wakes up.
1: Yeah, it's like oob. Um That's a Dragon Ball thing. Don't worry about it. Oh, it,
0: if it I'd basically. Seen it written,
1: it, I would. It basically would is doing it. the end of Dragon Ball at the end of this book, because uh, like he can't wait to meet the like. New version of Ben that won't give in to power.
0: He should just raise the new Ben, too. <laughs> he's so fucking good at it. <laughs> he's so fucking good at it, yeah. Maybe he should just
1: raise the new Ben. Uh,
0: this was a great book. I had a great time.
1: It's absolutely a great book.
0: Also, the audiobook was read by the same narrator as the uh, Aragon audiobooks. This is so about an like, Aragon. You know. Yeah, I would say so, probably. Pro-
1: probably! Pro- probably! <laughs> probably. Yes, yeah, I like, do you think it's better than Aragon. It's just some classic sci-fi bullshit. I loved it. Uh, you know, there's like weird parts, uh, and I think the ending's a bit pat, but that's like par for the course. Um, with There's the one guy
0: stuff. who's like just trying to figure out if these people are espers, and he's just like yelling vile shit at them with his mind, and then one guy flinches, He's like, ah, you heard me. You heard me. He's like, no, I had a bug bite.
1: And there's the, the you got to listen to, the, you got to do the Pepsis to uh, put catchy tunes in your mind so that when someone tries to read your mind, all they can hear is I'm blue, dab a dee dab die uh, <laughs> And they can't, they can't see your secret intentions of murder. Uh, that's the, the real thing that like, this conversation can't get across is just how uh, fun the milieu of this book is and all the fun words and, like, the sci-fi-ness of it all. It's just a fun, yeah. stupid world to be in. I love it. It's great. Yeah, it
0: was great. Um, the, all, the other thing, because this is a book from the 50s, is that there were a couple scenes where I am reminded that not every character is white and a really, like, oh, right, okay. There are certain, like, descriptive words used uh, yes. in this book that are just like, oh, I forgot.
1: Uh, yeah, no, they sure sure do some of that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Uh, but again, uh, yeah, I, I to be expected on some level. Um, yeah. Not to excuse it, right? Like, I understand huge yeah. problem with the genre and where it came from and then the, the kinds of people writing it. Um, but uh, I, I don't think this was like, you know, it didn't it, apart from having some like uncomfortable descriptions and and the uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: thing they don't think it's like super racist or anything. Like you know,
0: there I can you know there, you can do much worse yes. in this regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even more modern sci-fi.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, like so. the, that's the other thing is that uh, it's not really gone away. The racism. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I don't. Th-
0: it's been a month since we talked about Horus Rising.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Do you think that The Demolished Man is better than Horus Rising?
1: Yes, I do believe that, that uh, The Demolished Man is a better book than Horus Rising. Because The right. Demolished Man a- doesn't have 200 pages in the middle where they go describe a third-person shooter level uh, fighting bugs. They don't like have an adaptation of Earth Defense Force in the middle of The Demolished Man. <laughs> and they do in Horus just- Rising, so...
0: I'm going to keep a, a list here of like what the what the best book we've read is. Uh
1: on the anomalous reading uh <laughs> spreadsheets.
0: <laughs> every every time we'll start next time with is this book better than The Demolished Man?
1: Um I'm yeah, we'll see, I guess. Uh
0: Um I don't believe we have any questions because i did not remember to solicit questions i also did one. not do
1: a big call for questions so we fucked up and we didn't get any emails because we're idiots <laughs> stupid uh,
0: if you have an email about the demolished man you're welcome to send it to at gmail.com.
1: feel free to send that in uh for next time uh gmail.com as, as uh Nora said um
0: i hope i have selected a book for next month
1: yeah, just before you reveal, I was going to say uh, I hope people yeah. enjoyed reading the Much man. I know we've had some people read along. That was kind of the intention with picking a shorter book like this. Um, yeah. Uh, so I hope people enjoyed uh, this ridiculous, uh, you know, classic sci-fi. Now, what have you picked for next month? Because I know you've been, you've been, you haven't told me.
0: No, uh, but the book I have selected is uh, from 1972. It's a little book called "Roadside Picnic" by Arkady and Boris oh, fuck.
1: Let's go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Uh, I'm excited to read this. Uh, I, I know Em I read it and liked it. Um, I love Stalker the movie. I know this has basically nothing to do with Stalker the book, uh, the movie, <laughs> um, other than being like the the inspiration. But that's like a weird slow empty movie about spaces and I know this is much more okay. logistically minded book about characters. Uh, so It is
0: also uh the inspiration for Stalker the video game as well. Uh in that like ma- a <laughs> yes. further removed sense. But um yeah I also read it like a year or two ago and I thought that you would quite enjoy it. So, Thank
1: you. Uh,
0: also I was like well what's different from 2006 and from the 50s but like not too different in either direction i guess 70s and in russia
1: yeah let's go to the soviet sci-fi of the 1970s
0: we will be back next month to talk about roadside picnic and uh hope you uh read along with us and have a good time
1: Yes, no. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh a little shorter one this month, but that's that's fine. The book's also shorter. Uh hopefully next month we'll remember to do a call of questions. So um <laughs> we'll have, yeah. have some questions in there. And obviously if you have any demolished man questions, feel free to send them in then. Uh if you're waiting for that and then we just didn't provide it for you. <laughs> that's our bad. Uh so yeah. Uh goodbye. Um where should we do our plugs? Should we do our plugs? Yeah, we should do plugs. Yeah. Uh you can find me at headfuls off on twitter.com and co hosts uh you yeah, know as Twitter dies. And you can find the podcasts I do uh mostly with M at abnormalmapping.com dot com and patreon.com slash abnormal Uh or you can get the Great Gundam Project for one dollar a month. Blockbusters for five dollars a month, uh Voip life for ten. Uh but do recommend blockbusters if you enjoyed the bullshit that uh we put out over here. We had uh Molly, Autumn, Nora and Neve show up for uh I no. Nope. No, not, not Nora, not Nora. Molly, Autumn and Neve. No not you. <laughs> to to watch titanic and talk about titanic you only watched titanic you you were you were mentioned a couple times
0: (laughs) uh, i did not not really watch titanic so much as i was building pathfinder (laughs) second edition characters on the couch while autumn watched titanic
1: okay so titanic was happening in the room that you were doing some role-playing in
0: (laughs) no no i was just building characters i was not role-playing yet
1: (laughs) that's part of it that's part of it that's all all part of the hobby (laughs) yeah uh, anyway, that's me.
0: All right, my turn. Uh, you can find, find me on Twitter at neither Nora at uh, co-host at Ashworm. Ash with an E, worm with a Y. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online and you can support this and many other podcasts by going to exportaud.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio and give us some money. Most podcasts come out early for patrons including pardon my franchise the podcast where autumn and i watch movie franchises that are long um we're doing highlander right now and this week we're going to be watching highlander 2 the quickening which i'm excited for um i also started doing a sort of solo actual play thing on the patreon it's a uh, it's not it's a free episode, but it's on the on the Patreon um, of the Lone Wolf Game Books written by Joe Deaver. Uh, kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book situation. And that's been pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, that one more time, that is podcast at gmail.com to send us questions about The Demolish Man or Roadside Picnic. And we will see you next month. Uh, and you can peep us on that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you sure can. Ah uh, I knew I was forgetting something. I didn't give us titles at the beginning like I did last time.
1: Oh that's true. Oh we didn't we Oh, you know what? Brief spinning the machine back up, we didn't check in on if this book had any guys. Uh
0: I, I would don't say know.
1: I would say this book does not have guys. It has characters I like, but I don't know I now have to like ontologically consider what a guy is when i say that what i mean like uh you know like logan was a guy uh i don't think lincoln powell's a guy i like it i like reading his, his his story i like uh yeah. him, ben's like um back and forth but i'm not gonna be like thinking about it it's just too holistic a book i guess it's not providing guys in the way that uh yeah
0: this uh, is I mean... the thing with like some of the older sci-fi is sometimes it's it has a um has no focus on a character perspective? In I that mean way. this is
1: this has characters I'm not saying they're not characters no, I- yeah
0: I'm just the, the sort of like the character themselves is not as much of the focus as the actions the character is taking mm-hmm. if that I- makes sense
1: I, I get yeah. I, I'm now like having to consider like what I mean because I don't. I clearly don't mean good character that I like because this book has many of those. Like this has.
0: I, w- uh, I would say that these characters are more interesting maybe than Loken even. they oh,
1: <laughs> easily, They're easily more interesting than Loken. Like Benrock's <laughs> a fascinating, weird, uh, like fucking freak. Uh, and uh, Lincoln Powell's a great, cool noir hero guy that sucks a little. Um,
0: I was thinking as i was reading like this would make a killer prestige tv series people would lose their shit for this
1: it would make a terrible prestige tv series and a great 90s tv series
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh but if if it was a prestige tv series uh whoever was playing Ben could probably turn him into a guy.
1: Uh yes, yes. I I believe that's true. I I will set on this and come back next month uh with like more considered thoughts because now I have to consider what do I even mean when I cuz I we say that, right? And it's like this shared understanding of like cool pet character that we like to think about. <laughs> um, but uh, we just say a guy. We're like, oh, hey, that's a guy. Oh, that's not a guy. It doesn't mean, uh, what does that fucking mean? But I know in my heart that no one in this book is a guy. I don't know what that fucking means. I have to consider what that means and we'll see if there's any guys in uh, Red Slay Picnic.
0: There's not a single Murtag Morzen son in uh, The Demolished Man. uh Yeah. That's a guy.
1: That's a fucking guy. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope people are enjoying this podcast. I've been enjoying reading these books. So thank you. Goodbye. We'll be seeing you next time with more books.
0: Keep watching the skies.
1: Don't peep me, bro. (laughs)